Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Welcome to Life Planning 101. My name is Angela Robinson with Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services here in the cold town of Eastland, Texas. Yes, I am stuck at home with two kids and ice on the street. They say Texas doesn't get four seasons. We sure get four seasons. You may not know what time of year you're going to get what season, but we get four seasons. So (laughs) with that in mind, we are going to talk about expectations today, but we're going to be talking about expectations when you die. Oh, isn't that exciting? I mean, there's nothing better to do on a cold day, right? Let's talk about when you die. But really, the reason this is so important, unfortunately, we just lost someone um, very dear to us and having to go through things. Uh, she, you know, she she had things planned out, wasn't perfect. She'd done it years ago and uh, had a will, had even a living trust. And yet here we are, and we're still having to go through probate. And I may say that word, and if you have been through probate, you're sitting there going, oh, goodness. And you probably have a little story or two to tell. If you've not been through probate, on the other hand, you may want to say a prayer that you never have to go through probate. You see, in Texas, we've always said it's a very friendly place to die. Yes, we are friendly, but we usually tell people to go home if they've been here too long. (laughs) But it is a friendly place to die. And while that is still mostly true, when it comes to probate, it doesn't take into account the painstaking time and effort that it actually takes to retitle assets that go through probate. Yes, in Texas, we are a friendlier place to die, meaning maybe it's not as costly, although that is kind of starting to change in certain areas. Um, But more importantly, you know, if something happens, you got to do something with all of those assets, each one of those assets. And you start really making an inventory of how much you own and figuring out what would actually happen to that asset at death. It becomes kind of a big deal. It becomes a real big deal to the people that are there. It kind of goes back to that quote by Spike Milligan that said, I don't mind dying. I just don't want to be there when it happens. Well, Maybe worse than being there when it happens is being there after it happens and watching your heirs go through what they have to go through. And and that's, you know, even if they do keep good family relations, which is what we all hope, yes, uh, good Christmases and Thanksgivings, but they go through all of that, but the painstaking time that it takes to actually get everything done. So what am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about the fact that a will, simply having a will may not be enough. Simply having a living trust may not be enough. And you may be sitting there scratching your head, what the heck is this lady talking about? Um, Well, that's good because I want to get your attention today. Um, I want you to realize that sometimes, you know, when we go to a professional and we just get something in a pretty package, it really doesn't mean anything. I'd actually liken a will if you, you, uh, you know, ever been part of the, one of those rainbow vacuum presentations or Kirby's, right? And man, you go through that presentation. Wow. It's amazing. And, and you, you, you get the vacuum. Well, now you have a vacuum. That's it. You have a vacuum. What's the vacuum actually do? Oh, you may say, well, man, it's, it's amazing. You know, it just gets 
every teeny weeny bit and piece that's left. And yes, that's what you have in your will. You have a vacuum that gets every teeny weeny piece of bit that's left. But is that really what you wanted to happen for your estate is is to focus on every teeny weeny bit and piece that's left or or were you really focused on making sure that things happen on purpose and timely and your kids and grandkids aren't cussing you when you're gone <laughs> maybe you do want them cussing you when you're gone but maybe you don't depends on what you're after right so a will may not be enough a living trust may not be enough. Want to know more? When we come back on Life Planning 101, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Welcome back to Life Planning 101. My name is Angela Robinson with Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services here in the great town of Eastland, Texas, a cold town today on this 30th of January as I'm recording and we got sleet on the streets and uh, kids are snuggled up watching cartoons and we are talking about death. Um, You know, my husband, he loves to tell this story. So we learned years ago, um, we worked with these funeral home directors and they told us that, you know, when you carry a body across state lines, that you actually have a tax for every state that that body goes through when they're dead. And my husband starts, you know, putting his hands together and rubbing them and looking at me with this little evil grin. And he says, yep, I'm going to get you to cuss me one last time after we're gone because my body is going back to Montana. (laughs) If you sit there and start counting up the states you got, New Mexico or Oklahoma, take your pick, Colorado, Wyoming, and then Montana, right? (laughs) Got to love those husbands. But nonetheless, is that really what you want to leave behind is... Um, a handful of heirs that are cussing you. And if you want to play a last prank, I guess that is the case. But if not, you might want to take a second guess to if your estate plan is actually built to do what you want it to do. Because a lot of people just go get a will, go get a living trust, and they think, man, I got my estate in order. Well, that could be further from the truth. And let me tell you why. Have you ever sat down and just thought about what would happen to, you know, say your brokerage account? or your checking account when you die. Just for an example, just think about that. Well, if it's titled in your name as an individual and there's no other titling on that account, it's going to go through probate most likely. And what's that mean? Because a lot of people don't even understand what that means. Okay, so I'm not actually going to explain the probate process, but I am going to explain kind of a uh, the cumbersome time that it takes it to get into the hands of someone else. Okay. So first things first is that means that your executor or executrix, or if if you're in another state, your personal representative is probably going to have to get help from an attorney. And that attorney is going to ask him to start compiling an inventory. Okay. And that inventory is basically a list of all the assets and the debts and how all these things are titled. Right. And that's going to start the process of probate. And once you get, you know, that clearance, the attorney, you're going to receive what's called a letter of testamentary, and it's called other things, but uh, something of that nature. And you'll get a, a actually apply for a tax identification for the estate. And that is going to allow that executor or that executrix to move that individual account into that estate account. 
a new estate account. So you didn't set it up for the actual heirs. You didn't set it up for the actual beneficiaries. You set it up for the actual estate, okay? And then once it's in there and then the estate's all clear and the attorney kind of gives a go ahead on, okay, you can start moving assets to the final beneficiaries at their discretion. That's when you'd call each of those beneficiaries and find out how they want to receive the funds. And and then you'd move the assets one more time to that final beneficiary. So besides the fact that this actually takes a lot of calendar time in most cases, you're waiting on the death certificate, number one, you're gathering up the inventory and the assets and the debt and everything else that may or may not be out there. You're making public notifications. You're waiting. You got to get a court order. Besides all that, okay, this is also a lot of just work. It's a process, right? I mean, seriously, this is big, okay? So I want to flip gears on you here. And if if I lost you, if I lost you, that's completely fine. (laughs) And I'll, I'll tell you why that's completely fine that I lost you. Because if I lost you, you get the point. It's very cumbersome. It's very overwhelming, okay? That's the point. So take that same individual account on, let's just say that instead of you having it just titled as an individual account, let's say that you had it titled as a transfer on death account. So it's an individual account. And then when you die, there's a beneficiary designation that it goes to X beneficiary. Okay. So now what happens when you die? Well, when you die, the beneficiary of that account provides a death certificate to the company and they provide their directives on where they want those monies sent or what account they want to moved into or whatever. And that's it. Oh. I don't know about you, but I prefer, I much prefer one sentence instructions. And especially when you think about the actual physical time of that, death certificate happens within weeks of a death as opposed to having to go through that probate process, which can take months um, and sometimes years in certain situations. That's crazy, right? It's a crazy difference. So if you have a will, Did it solve your issue of having that account titled as an individual account with no designation, nothing? Well, the answer is no, it didn't. It really didn't change anything. The only thing it changed was it it gave you a will so that you didn't die and test it, which means that you have to follow the state law on how the assets are distributed. You actually got to pick how the assets were distributed, but I don't think probate is necessarily anyone's end goal if they actually thought through what probate meant to the heirs that are still living, um, the family, because it is cumbersome. It is a lot. And in all seriousness, you know, I try to be lighthearted when we're talking about death and talking about these situations, but in all seriousness, if you think about when you've lost a loved one, a really close loved one, um, you're grieving right? And there's a grieving process. We're not going to go through that, but you know that those different emotions set in at different times. So add to that, that they're having to figure all this out, um, get everything in order. It's a lot. It's a lot. We actually do what we call a surviving uh, spouse and surviving children's service, um, where we help uh, just handhold the family through this situation. You know, we're not attorneys, we're not accountants. 
what we do is we just help quarterback and we say, okay, we know this is what the attorney is going to be asking for. And this is what you need to be looking at. And we help kind of quarterback that whole situation. And it takes a lot of time nonetheless. Um, yes, we try to take that pressure off of the family just by, you know, holding their hand and guiding them so that they know what to do. Uh, sometimes it's as simple as making a conference call to a life insurance company or uh, a pension or something that, you know, someone doesn't know how to answer those questions. And that's very, very, very important. But wouldn't it be a lot easier if nothing had to go through probate and there were these single sentence instructions for each asset that was in your estate? That's a big deal. Okay. Now here's my disclosure. I do not want you to take this as advice that you need to go out there and you need to title all of your accounts as transfer on death right now. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. And when we come back on life planning 101, we're going to talk about why you don't want to do that. And we're going to talk about what you should be doing instead. So don't miss the last segment of our show on life planning 101 today. We are talking, is your will enough? And uh, if this was 007, we'd have some good music and you know, the world is not enough. The will is not enough. When we come back on Life Planning 101, we'll talk about why. Welcome back to Life Planning 101. My name is Angela Robinson with Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services here in the great town of Eastland, Texas. Uh, make sure you're visiting us online, www.kennedy-financial.com. Uh, we've got a great episode, Is Your Will Enough, this week, and we're talking about uh, going through probate, retitling assets after someone passes, what it actually takes to do that, and what you might want to think about or do differently. And, um, you know, I think about that, that saying, do you want to be remembered after you're gone? Well, just leave your family a lot of debt. Another thing you can do is just leave your estate in array. <laughs> leave a mess, right? Even if you got a will, you you still may have a net mess because really the only difference between having a will and uh, not having a will is not having a will means the state is going to figure out uh, what to do with your estate for you. They've got a set of rules and you should look those up if you don't have a will because if you don't like it, you need to change it. But you know your will doesn't necessarily make all your estate problems go away. It may make better Christmases and Thanksgivings, that's for sure. But it's still going to be cumbersome on the family in most cases if there's assets that have to go through probate. And if you missed the first part of the show, you might want to go back and listen because we actually talked through what it would take to move an individual account to an heir of the will if you know they had to go through probate because it's big. This is big, okay? So we also talked about if you had like a transfer on death designation, then it's pretty easy. It's just a death certificate and the beneficiary provides directives on where those monies go. Again, my disclosure before the break was do not take that as advice to go retitle all your accounts to a transfer on death designation. There are many times and reasons that that designation is not appropriate, okay? What if you have minors that you want to give money to? Well, technically, they shouldn't be getting money because there's going to be a court appointment on somebody to uh, oversee those assets. And are you going to be happy with that court appointment? Is that really what you wanted to be able to do? Is that set up in the right way? Maybe, maybe not. You may have blended family. You may have a third husband because the first two are dead and your kids came from the first two marriages. And yeah, and that's common, okay? 
You may have um, your kids that are in blended family situations with their kids. How do those assets pass down if somebody were to die that was named as a transfer on death? That might not work really well. What about multiple generations where you want to be able to provide for grandkids and kids and you think, oh, my kids will just take care of that. Well, have you thought about the fact that there might be gift taxes? Okay, so this gets really nasty, right? A lot of times I've seen people actually take like a big savings account, a couple hundred thousand, say, oh, well, they'll take care of the rest of the family, just make these gifts. Well, what if they can't? Because it's going to mess up their own gift tax situation. That would be horrible. That's not your intention, right? So definitely doesn't mean that I'm saying that's advice on accounts to be transferred on death. In fact, um, if you're looking for advice on what those accounts should be, we always get those final recommendations from the attorney. You know, if the client says they want something a certain way, great. But if they want advice, we'll say, you know, this is what you might look at doing. Let's let's confirm this with the accountant. Let's confirm this with the attorney. Make sure that that's how it should be because this thing's complex. And when you start putting it all together, you start to realize, oh, well, that could be a hole or, oh. And, and you often find sometimes when people name beneficiaries, they actually disinherit what they wanted in their will because they think what their will says is the way things go. Not the case. You remember in the first of the show, I used the vacuum cleaner analogy. Well, this is very true because your will, if you have something titled as a beneficiary designation, that's going to go before whatever your will says. Your will just takes care of what the rest of your assets do. So if you didn't marry all that up with your planning and titling in the same swoop, you probably got some things out of whack. So, you know, goodbye to the good Christmases and Thanksgivings on top of everybody just really cursing you in your grave over the mess you left up to do the estate plan, right? So the good news, and I know it's a lot. When you start thinking about this, it's like, oh my gosh, it's just overwhelming. Well, it is and it isn't. Because a lot of times people um, are under this myth. They go and they get their estate plan done. In fact, this happens a lot with living trusts, okay? You say, well, I've done a great job. I got this book. I've got my living trust set up. Everything's good. And they think they're going to avoid probate. Well, it is true that if you have a living trust, it may help avoid probate, but it's not a guarantee. Because oftentimes when a living trust is set up, it's never even funded, or it's not fully funded. And what that means is that things aren't retitled appropriately. So they still have to go through probate because if you remember, you have this little thing called a pour over will, or you should have this thing called a pour over will that says, oh, if we left anything else out, make sure you put it in the living trust. Well, that takes us back to that first scenario is you still got to go through probate. You still got to get letters of testimony. You still got to get the tax ID. You still got to get the executor or the executors to move it into the estate account, to move it into the living trust, to move it to where it finally goes. It just added another step. Oh, that's a mess, right? So that's not what anybody intends to have with living trust. I am a fan of living trust. I live in a friendly state to die, but I'm a fan of them because they do help avoid probate. But if they're not set up right and they're not funded, then they don't help. And they're actually a pain in the rear. So you either do it right or you don't do it at all. Don't you remember your parents saying that? Do it right the first time or you just don't do it at all. And that's really the case when it comes to your estate planning. And I think where things kind of get haywire is that um, a lot of attorneys are not, uh, not, not, and I, I don't think it's really something they do intentionally. They're not providing that holistic 
uh, view to look at everything and make sure all of those assets are appropriate titled. And then there's no one holding your hand to help you figure out how to do it, or you forget about it, or you didn't know that that was your checklist. You thought the attorney took care of everything. And, um, I would say nine times out of 10, nine and a half, 9.75 times out of 10. That's usually the case when people put together estate plans. So here's what I want you to think about. I want you to ask yourself these questions. What are each of my assets? And if that just overwhelmed you, <laughs> you really probably need to make this a goal for the year. Second question, what is the process to get them to my intended heirs when I'm gone? That's a very deep question. What is the process to get them to my intended heirs when I'm gone? And if you don't know the answer to that, you need to know the answer to that. By the way, we could probably help. Number three, do I like that? So yeah, there might be some people says, yep, want my kids to curse me or you know what? They made me have enough gray hairs or they put me in this grave themselves and they're fine with that. But then you may say, no, I want to do this because if you want to make it your goal that your will is actually unnecessary when you die and all of your assets have that one sentence or no sentence instructions, which I do believe is most people's goal when they do their estate planning, right? Or one of them is to have your will completely unnecessary, have everything, have just one sentence instructions or two sentence instructions. Then, you know, you're leaving behind one more reason that your heirs are going to remember you forever and in a good way. And they're going to love you for it. It is a great way to say I love you. So with that, my name is Angela Robinson, Kennedy Financial Services, Smart Money Group in Eastland, Texas, www.kennedy-financial.com. We have been helping people live life on purpose since 1989 because we do that holistic planning. It's very important. We know it. Uh, to help families live life on purpose, not just uh, not just you. So we're here. Let us know if you need our help. Join us next week on Life Planning 101. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. If you have questions, you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Don't forget to learn how our sister company can assist you with all of your tax, bookkeeping, and consulting needs. You can find out more at briscoeandassociates.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101. The opinions expressed herein are those of the firm and are subject to change without notice. The opinions referenced are as of the date of publication and are subject to change due to changes in the market or economic conditions and may not necessarily come to pass. Any opinions, projections, or forward-looking statements expressed herein are solely those of the author, may differ from the views or opinions expressed by other areas of the firm, and are only for general informational purposes as of the date indicated. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, member Fenner SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Smart Money Group LLC. Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by Calton & Associates Incorporated.